0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the
0: air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track!
2: Goal!
1: coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Tom. And we are the Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And just before we kick things off this week, guys, that's what I wish Marcus Brown a speedy recovery from his kneecap dislocation yesterday. Uh, Hopefully he gets well soon and back on the pitch very, very soon. Um, But also, if you haven't already, please do give us a five-star round Apple podcasts and Spotify and give us a follow on all our social media. That helps us get found, ranked, and also Bora fans can help find the podcast and it'd be really cool for the Borough community. But then I'll so i when we come to that, um, I just want to thank Dave, he's uh, known as Maca Dave, uh, on on Apple Podcast. I absolutely love that name and he says uh, for, yeah, I wanna thank him for saying it's the best Bora podcast since two thousand and three, Dana. <laughs> uh, that's two thousand and three <laughs> Joel uh, for his comment as well saying it's a good honest podcast for Bora fans. I don't get too many games, but listen to the pod after every game and they give a lot of good ups and downs for being a Bora fan. And then Phil, uh, Phil Riverside says honest, informo- inf- informative, uh, and to the point, love it. Um, so guys, thank you very much for your feedback. really do appreciate it. And if you want to get a shout out on the Bora Breakdown podcast, do give us a comment on our podcast or send us a DM if you like the podcast and we'll read them out on the pod. So now that's all the us chat about the borough. Um, a young fringe borough crashed out of the FA Cup third round yesterday in a two-one defeat at the Brentford Community Stadium. Sam Falarin scored his first ever borough goal, uh, senior goal, sorry, and it was wasn't enough to keep borough in the FA Cup third round dinner. Want to kick things off with you? A game probably full of chances for borough, um, with borough having the more shots in a the game they've had all season. Uh, but it just wasn't enough to get us through the fourth round. What do you think, What was your assessment on the game yesterday?
0: I quite enjoyed it, to be fair. I mean, it was a, I wouldn't say a valiant effort because that makes us come across as if we're massive underdogs, but it was a decent shift from a, a rather makeshift team. I mean, the defence was, was makeshift with bowler playing out of position. I think it showed the goals that we conceded were quite poor, but um, all in all, I think there were a lot of positives to take from that game and we'll obviously delve into them later, but, it was a quite an, quite an enjoyable game to watch, and I think we've got to factor in the fact that we were decimated with positive COVID tests. The team that Neil Warnock put out was not the team that Neil Warnock was intended to put out before the tests were um, returned. And that in mind, the lack of preparation as well, or the the upturn in in, um, in preparations, we did pretty well. I was, you know, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed watching the game despite the result.
1: Yeah, I thought we played reasonably well yesterday. Uh, I thought we, we had some good moments who created plenty of chances. Hayden Hackney stood out for me for, for the majority of the game, and I'm sure quite will come out of him in a minute. But I just want to say, Mark Baller, what an absolute turnaround, by the way. 12 months ago, shipped out to Blackpool, and yesterday, captain uh, for Bore in the F-Cup third round. So, what yeah. a turnaround for, for Captain Smiles. Um, but Tom, <laughs> Is that his <a> nickname <laughs> now? <laughs> captain Smiles, El Capitano. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tom... <laughs> I'm laughing at myself there. Uh, Tom, with the amount of chances Borough had yesterday, Dana alluded to it. it weren't, we weren't really underdogs in the game, but we created so many chances. Um, we uh, pulled out some good saves, uh, the uh, the Brentford keeper. Um, but do you think Borough were unfortunate not to get the name in the hat for the fourth round? Do you think we could have probably edged it?
2: Maybe a little bit. I think we had a couple of uh, decent chances. Wing's free kick stood out to me just because I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere near uh, where it (laughs) wins. I think he, (laughs) like I've said before, I think he gets one out of five of his long shots on target, and that was the one. Um, But yeah, I I think we created some decent chances. Like you say, it was the most we created all season. It was an enjoyable game to watch. Not too disheartened that we haven't won. Cup run with our squad as depleted as it was anyway, before even the uh, positive COVID test wasn't necessarily something I'd consider a priority. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, it was quite an end to end entertaining game, and we could be considered unlucky, but also, you know, it, it could have went either way.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was it was a great game. I, I was actually really surprised at, of how end to end it was. Um, I thought the first half was was relatively quite poor for the first twenty minutes. I couldn't really think of anything happening. General, you know, when that, it felt uh, like a training game, it was like a training game, which you know, yeah. like on the Simpsons where like they bring like football at the Springfield and it's like Brazil versus like someone else, but like they're passing what it just awesome. to like centre and like <laughs> centre into the wing of like centre. <laughs> that's what it was like for like a good 20 minutes and obviously it, it, it picked up a little bit but uh, then uh, Burr showed real intent going forward yesterday after that first 20 minutes was a bit slow um, but getting real body, getting bodies forward creating chances uh, the keepers forcing to make good saves obviously Tuba's effort and oil and also the, the free kick from, from Lewis Swing as well um, and Neil Warnock actually praised Borough's attack uh, over the week and, and he's just said Abborro's displays of being relatively good, and we've also created a lot of chances. But on the opposite side of things, there, do you still think we need a little bit of work going forward? Do you feel like we're not very, we're not there yet in a sense?
0: We still need work, but. Warnock said it pre-game that we have improved. And I I do think we have. I remember when we spoke on the podcast before about the lack of refinement in the final third. We have improved in that department. We do look a little bit better going forward. And I think we're top 10 maybe of top scorers in the championship, which we're never usually (laughs) in that bracket. So I think, you know, that in itself shows the improvement. Um, There's plenty of teams below us that have scored Um, you know, incredibly less goals than us like Birmingham, who obviously we're we're coming up against next. And it's obviously there is still work to do um, because the game yesterday, if we were perfect, we'd have won that because we had a lot of chances, like you said, but I think all in all we've, we've done quite well. We've improved the the game that we spoke about. I think after maybe Huddersfield, um, there's definitely signs of improvement there and, of course, like I mentioned, there's still room to grow, but all in all, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with Borough going forward. I know, you know, there's there's just little steps that that we've taken that I think need to be praised.
1: Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Dee. Um I think with with Borough going forward, how we've improved, I think it's just intent of moving the ball quicker between mm. defense to attack. The you know at the start of the season, we were really really slow, and you you're thinking where these goals going to come from and. Yes, we were picking up results and grinding them out and winning like the 1 like 0 the or keeping ourselves within the games. But, you know, now I feel like when we're moving the ball a lot quicker, getting the ball out wide, knocking at the box um, and gambling, like we spoke about for so many weeks, since we're starting to do that, we're reaping the rewards of that. And hopefully we can bring a little bit more quality in there to keep adding to that. And then if we do that, then you never know, You the skies are kind of the limit on those side of things. But, Tom, it was kind of shoehorned squad yesterday um with a mixture of important fringe and, and youngsters you know but it's a little fun fact that Borough had a, a, a starting 11 average 22 and a half year old yesterday um, with Lewis Swing and Chirac bomb being the oldest outfield players at 25 and then obviously Jordan Archer at 27 brings the average up um, but it's incredible because nine out of the 11 players yesterday could have played in an under 23s game because they're all under that age or at that age. So it's absolutely incredible that we actually did that. But how do you think Borough's young side coped yesterday? I know we've been really positive so far, but do you think it's a, it's time to be optimistic for the future?
2: I thought the corp really well yesterday. Um, like I say, it was an entertaining game to watch. It was end-to-end, end and you know, it was quite close, all all things considered. Um, I think the young players yesterday I thought um Forgot who I was thinking about there, but um,
0: <laughs> it yep, happens.
2: <laughs> F- Following did well for the, the second half. I mean, Jed and Tav, who you would still consider young players, are uh, pretty much. You wouldn't even think of them as young players anymore because they're consistently in the squad and consist- well, playing fairly consistently. Uh, you know what to expect from them. Uh, Hayden Hackney in particular stood out, I think, yesterday. Um I think. When young players come into the team, you can kind of sometimes see that they are quite nervous, they don't know where to go with, with the ball or what to do. He looks so composed from, for pretty much the full game. I was really impressed with him. Um, I think that's pretty much covered most of them. I mean, probably a bit of a, a shout-out to Hayden Gilson as well because he did have some decent attack and intent during the game, had a couple of decent dribbles. Fair enough, not... Too much end, end product, but it was good to see him get a get a run out after he's not been
1: played for the majority of the season as well. Yeah, we're going to come on to and Coulson in a second. Oh well, in, in, very shortly because of there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of chat about Hayden Coulson. So I'm interested to say that you was, you gave a little bit a little bit of a shout out there because a lot of people were quite negative uh, on on his performance yesterday and just a, just enough one to stick with you, Tom, um, Marcus Tavernier and, and Jed Spencer. You both mentioned that. You mentioned that the you don't really realise how young they are now since they're so consistent in the squad. Um, but Tav is twenty-one year old and Jed Spencer's is twenty. Um, do you think the criticism that probably Tav gets is a bit unjust because you know he, he's so, he's so young and people probably forget that? Um, do you think that his inconsistency inconsistency sometimes brings out? negativity from Borough fans in a way because they don't they expect so much more from Tab because he's been in the squad for such a long time.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I think we talked about it on a previous pod I was on that he was kind of really hyped up when he first came into the team. And personally, I'd agree with that. Um, I think when he came in, it was really under under Monk when it started, but then it was under Pulis where everyone was was asking for him. And I think a lot of our young players, where they came through, and if they showed any attacking intent under Pulis, they stood out because it was just that type of team where it was that devoid of creativity, and you know, playing centre mids at winger positions and stuff. That you know, if you if you come on and show any anything to make the fans excited, you're going to get some sort of hype around you. So I, I think because he has been around quite a few years as well. People probably do forget how young he is, but he's he's constantly improving now. Um, and also, just like uh, add on to this, the name of the guy I was forgetting from my last statement was Nathan Wood. What a range of <laughs> passing he has from centre back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he can very pr- impressive. He can-, isn't it? he can ping a ball, man. it's it's just different gravy, isn't it? Like in the, um, this passing range of him and Dale Fry are very very good. Um I think with they are they are showing that signs of a modern centre back where you have to play. Um it it we're no longer the days of, of like Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister where well actually no Pallister was a was good on the ball, but in terms of like probably a brave maybe where, you know, you'd kick lumps of someone, um and that's kind of gone from the game now. I think a, a great defender doesn't have to tackle because they're already positionally Aware and also one step ahead of the attacker in, in, in a way, so it's nice. Uh, it's nice to see that, but also I think and Wood and Dylan Fry would be a great partnership. But also, I'd worry a little bit if they were paired together because maybe that we we want someone in, probably we probably need like a Dike or somewhere or uh, yeah probably probably a Dike steal <laughs> where it would probably help them out into in, in a sense because I just don't think they'd be they'd be ready for that. But hey, it's it's very very promising for the future, especially for those two. Um, But Dana, we'll we'll go ahead and hack me then because Tom mentioned that he was impressed with him yesterday. It was a full debut for him, the 18-year-old. He he was in centre midfield with Lewis Wing. Um, He looked fairly tidy on on the ball. You know, he's hard-working, had a good eye uh, for that transitional pass from defence to attack. Um, What were your thoughts on his performance yesterday? Because he he seemed to get quite a lot positive from the fans.
0: Yeah, he was man of the match for me. Um, He he did look nervous at the beginning. Neil Warnock said such after the game, but he grew into it and he did look composed, like Tom said, and he was always offering himself up for a pass. Um, He never shied away from getting forward. And that midfield actually of, of of wing and Hackney did pretty well considering there wasn't a housing or, you know, that there wasn't a Morsey there. The, the lack of protection in that midfield uh, was a worry initially when I looked at the team sheet, but, Hayden Hackney to be fair I mean you can tell why Neil Warnock rates him he looked so good for an 18 year old as well he looked so calm composed he just he just oozed confidence Um, and it was a really 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 good performance from him and a a youngster that really signals that he can be in the first team with with no problems I tweeted after the game that he didn't look one bit out of place and I, I firmly believe that
1: yeah, well, Jonathan Woodgate was a big fan of his as well. Um, it's interesting because Woodgate's... Have, have these you, these players are slowly like coming through, and he's been like, "Oh, if I can stay for a couple of years, I can really uh, uh, bring these through." Um, but obviously, yeah. he got sacked. So, but uh, hey, he he just looked like a Tony Peel—not Tony Peel, Jesus Christ—he looks like a Neil Warnock type of midfielder. I was like, and I was like, oh, my God, Tony Pills. So to... <laughs> um, oh, but Neil won. i have the same person, you really really.
0: <laughs> oh, don't do Neil dirty like that. That's an insult. That's insulting me. Never mind, Neil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm only joking. Uh, I, just, I, just want, I just want, you know, what, the reaction I got there was exactly what I wanted from <laughs> <you
0: there. laughs> Oh, no, you baited me out. I'll take the L. Thanks uh, for this, Johnny. A... <laughs> Ruining my holiday.
1: Thanks for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the open question from, from Lewis Knoll. Uh, it's for years to answer. Um, but he sent us an opinion. Uh, he says Lewis thinks that Hackney didn't put a foot wrong yesterday. Uh, for an 18 year old, there's a big future ahead of him, and he'd love to see. Uh, We'd love to see Hackney in the team for Birmingham, um, if players are still suffering from a a longer COVID. Um, But so, do you think then? Do you think he warrants a place in the in the squad for against Birmingham, or do you think he should go back to the twenty threes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've been a bit short in centre mid uh, some games, um, pretty much because we play like midfield free, and then at at times it's on. Being wing, who's kind of a, a recognised centre midfielder on the bench, and then if wing has to start, then you know we, we don't have any recognised senior centre mids on the bench. But I think he put in a, a good enough performance yesterday to to warrant at least being on on the bench um, for for games going forward. So I think he's. It's like when when people like to down in or. Uh, Morrison first came through, and they show glimpses of it. They should be in and around the squad to to make and make appearances where where possible.
1: Yeah, it's perfect for the development, really, to get get in the team and the squad because again that that match that their match experience. Um But then, would you agree with Tom? Do you think he deserves to to be a place in the in, in the squad, or do you think he should go back go back down or try and get alone?
0: He should maybe go out and and get a loan. I understand the the point that Tom made there about looking thin in midfield a few times, especially when we do play midfield three. But he's probably not ready for a consistent run in the first team squad or um, matchday squad. So rather than hinder his development, I think to... Loan him out would be better, I think. And I think it's easy to get uh, all, you know ahead of ourselves with these young players. We need to really give them a, a chance to um, to blossom elsewhere sometimes and then bring them back and then see how they've developed.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it does work, you know, like that, that system of, of bringing loan players and the difference between the 23s to first team is is drastic um, and it's it's completely different. But Neil Wallen touched on it as well, Dana. Um, yesterday he said that I thought the young ones did well hidden did well in midfield for his first game but must learn Uh, the winning goal came from him leaving his man but that's the difference between the 23s in the first team, do you think Neil Neil Warnock's right there? Do you think he's been a little bit harsh on Hayden Hackney, especially because it was his debut?
0: <laughs> he's knocked him down a peg there, hasn't he? But no, I think it's it's good man management from Neil Warnock because when I I assume I don't know, but I assume that when when you make your, your debut, sometimes maybe you can get a little bit ahead of yourself um, and think that your job is done, that you you know you've got into the team um, and. It's only up from here, but sometimes you do need to be pulled back down to reality. And, and you know, I don't know what Hayden Hackley's thinking at the moment. Obviously, you will be buzzing after the game, but it's good to show players what they've done well, but also what they've maybe can improve. On and um, there was a tweet. I think it might have been from Craig Johns actually yesterday, where Warnock had uh, had told one of the young players on the bench what Hayden Coulson had done wrong, so that he could learn from it. And and that is absolutely fantastic man management. There's nobody better in in football at man management than Neil Warnock. So it you know it, I think it's a it's a clever comment from him. He obviously you know he did leave his his man for the second goal, which all round was not a great goal to concede. It was quite poor from all from quite a few players actually, but. Um, you know, obviously he does need to learn. He's, he's eighteen; he, he shouldn't be criticised for that. He'll know that he, you know he did wrong in that moment because Neil Warner would have told him so. But um, I think it was—I think that comment is just good management from from Warner.
1: Yeah, I think the player was William Kokola. I think yeah, that he, he spoke to, given that he's uh, another left back as well. Um, but let's move on to a player that scored his first senior professional goal. Uh, Sam Falarin, uh, Tom, yesterday, first professional goal, an unreal moment for him. I couldn't believe that he scored it. And it was nice to see, by the way, I want to throw my uh, predictions out there. That I said I'd like to see Ramon um, Burrell, Sam Falarin, and, uh, and uh, I, Isaiah Jones all make the Davies this year. And, and the have now. So, Johnny Bullock, Mystic Mack. Um, from, from no one, <laughs> just call me Mystic. That's all. <laughs> that's all I want to be known as. <laughs> and I got the right yesterday as well. Oh, yeah, you know, oh
0: there you... he is. He's rubbing it in. I knew that would get, get a mention. Get,
1: <laughs> get on, my, get on my level. Get on my level. Yeah, you know, I, I'll. Uh, I'm sleeping you in the dust now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Bailey got two weeks. Well, <laughs> tough bet, <pepper, isn't> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Tom, I know you've been here for two weeks, but you take you, you took over Elliot's to spot and Elliot was Rock Bottom. So you've got a lot of work to do. Your work's cut out. <laughs> Love you really, Elliot. I'm you to listen. Um but uh Sam falaron he's been around the team for the majority of the season. He's made a few appearances, Tom. Uh, what were your thoughts on Sam Falaron yesterday and how can he continue his development in the side? I
2: thought he did well yesterday. Um you know, coming on uh, to, to replace Marcus Brown you know, obviously he, he was going to and in a losing position as well he was going to be expected to to create something and I thought he, he did well to score his attacking position and was there think mm-hmm. general, in general his, his positioning was uh, quite good throughout the second half uh, what I'd like to see from him to continue his development is just a little bit better in decision making and that's not to be kind of too much of a criticism. That's going to come with, with time anyway. But obviously, he's he's still a young player and he's not playing for the first team that much. But what what I found from him yesterday was at times he'd be one on one with a man and he didn't really know what to do, or he made the wrong decision at times. Like um there was one point where he tried, I think he was going for a cross, but ended up going straight at the goal. Um and then there were other times where he, he was, like I said, one-on-one with the man, but then he, he decided to to kind of pass it back. Um, but then you, you look at other players that have come into the team in the last year or so, like uh, Chad Spence, he's never really had a problem taking a man on. He's always had that confidence there. So, like I say, it's a confidence thing that will grow with time, but I would like to kind of see him make a decision to either beat a man and, and get a cross in or just... I, I don't know, just... Pass it a little bit sooner because I think he he dwelled on the ball at times yesterday.
1: Do you think it was a case of nerves, though? You know, making make well, most minutes he's had in a, pro, for, a prof, for a professional um, as a professional now. Sorry, and it's it can be quite. You, you're playing against a good quality side at Brentford as well. Do you think like nerves probably played, played a part in that, though?
2: Uh, potentially, yeah. It's just like I say, some players as they've come into the team handle it better than others. And again, that's that's not really uh, too much of a, a criticism. They're all they're all young. It's some some of them might be better kind of mentally prepared for for it than than others. But uh, it, it'll grow with time, and those nerves will disappear. I'm sure of it. He he's obviously got stuff about him. Here. He's got pace. He's got strength. Neil Warnock rates him. Uh, and if one up, ready to move away to question them really. So, yeah, it, it, it's something that will grow with time, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and I think when it comes with time. I think it does help when you you look to players to, to try and get them on loan to gain more match match day experience. Um, but then, uh, can can Bora really afford to send Sam Falara on loan this season to try and get more experience? Or do you think we're too thin on the ground?
0: I think we can um, loan him out. I think he needs it. Actually, he's probably the young the youngster that I've the the youngster i've seen that probably needs a loan spell the most he does look incredibly raw and there's a lot of things that he needs to improve on so you know although he scored yesterday i think there were a couple of instances where he could have improved like thomas said and i mean it was a it was a good goal to be fair because he, he megged the defender on the way on the way in so that was pretty nice um but i think we can send him out on loan it would be better if we we did. Again, like with Hayden Hackney, you don't want to hinder a player's development by keeping them in and around the first team. If it's better to get them some proper men's football, as people say, then do it. Um, I'm sure there'll be a, a League Two, League One team that would take uh Lahren. And um, yeah, I think it, it much depends on what Borough do in the transfer market. We do want players in. Yannick balassi has been mentioned. Grzycki's been mentioned. If we can bring those players in, we probably can, you know, loan him out. But for now, whilst we are thin on the ground, and obviously it's dependent on Marcus Brown's injury as well, um, I think for now keep him. But if we if we bring somebody in this month, then I, I would look to loan him out.
1: Yeah, it, it should be on our radar um, now, given that that Brown's now injured. But let's let's move on to to Hayden Coulson, um, guys. And Tommy, you mentioned him earlier on in the podcast, and you were saying that. You want, you, you, well, he actually gave him a little bit of a shout out and said you, you thought, you thought he, had good, quite, he had good attacking intent at times, uh, even though the delivery wasn't as was as good as we really anticipated it to be. Uh, but then at Lewis Nuttles uh, sent us an, another comment last night, um, and he says that Colson was so poor. Uh, the lad hasn't kicked on. It was a big opportunity for the lad tonight, and he didn't take his chance. Is it time to try and move him on? So, contrasting views from... From from Lewis and and Tom there. So what what do you think, Dana? Do you think we should maybe look to move Hana Coulson on?
0: I think so. Yeah, he's probably at that age now where he needs to play, similar to Ainsley Perez. That you know when we let him go, he's what twenty three, I think twenty two, twenty three. Um, twenty two. Yeah, that is a, you know it's obviously a vital age for a player to go out and really s- sort of establish themselves as a first team player. And and I completely agree with Lewis. I I don't think he's kicked on at all. He did burst into the team under Jonathan Woodgate, and he looked good. But the game yesterday, I, I did think he was poor overall, and it was probably the game that confirmed to me that he's not a left back because defensively he was at fault for the the first goal. He he switched off, and overall his defending, it's just not his strong suit. He's you know he has fantastic attributes going forward. He's he's what I like to call nippy uh, and agile and quick, and he you know he can uh, offer us a lot in the final third, but defensively it's just it's just. Not him, I don't think. And I know he did come through the academy as a left-back, but his main attributes lie you know, in a more attacking department. So Warnock said he doesn't know whether he's a left-winger or a left-back earlier on in the season. And I, I still think he's somewhat stuck, given that he played him there yesterday. I know we don't really have too many options left-back. Um, but I think if I was Hayden Colston, I'd be looking for a, a move, probably. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him go, if not, this month, then in the summer.
1: Interesting view of that um, from from you, Dana. I think with with Hayden Coulson, it seems that he's got all he's got all the intent, but no substance really. It seems that you know he, when he tries to get forward, he does get forward quite well, but then sometimes it's the delivery is not perfect. And he was so good last year, Hayden Coulson, uh, for time, at times and he looked like a really real quality player. I remember that, that Luton game where he looked really solid. Um, and yeah, he, he was he was caught up on quite a lot, but defensively at the time, Borough weren't very good at anywhere, and he was exposed quite a lot and people would just overload the left-hand side, which made things really, really difficult for him. Um, but Tom, I know you said he has has good intent um, earlier on in the podcast, but he did look so bright last year. But do you think Henne Colson's just lost his spark a little bit? How can we potentially get that back?
2: I think it's maybe just a confidence thing, you know. because um, I think at the start of last season, obviously when Woodgate came in, he was it was all about the the youth players. He said he knew everyone from what the under tens up or something. And and he was going to give these players a chance. Hayden Colson had a couple of good games in, in preseason from from what I remember and then got picked uh at Luton. So his confidence must have been sky high at the time. He's got a manager who believes him and he's going to keep picking him. Uh, obviously, that might have taken a bit of a knock with how, how often, as you see, he got exposed last season from people over, overloading the left-hand side and targeting him. Um, I think that's potentially it this season as well. Obviously, Warnock's came in. Coulson's went from playing regularly to to not so much anymore. You've got a manager who doesn't know what is best position is by, by his own admission and you know Warnock's looked at it and, and decided you know, all is better there or to, uh, Marvin Johnson was better there and, and Colson's went down the pecking order so I wouldn't be surprised if his confidence has taken a bit of a knock there to be honest uh, yeah. I think that would be what the issue is
1: do you, think it's a confident, uh, do you think it's a mixture of confidence and game time maybe? Do you think since the lack of game time he's just not as He's not as sharp as he probably was last year. Um, I know he had, a, he had a bad injury last year as well. And he hasn't really came back the, the same player, to be honest. Um, do you think, do you think the confidence side of things and the lack of games is a mixture of why he's, he's he's lost that spark? And Do you think that a lawn move might be best for him or do you think a permanent move would be the, the best route for Hayden Coulson?
2: I think it could be that those two things tie together. I think it could be a bit of a vicious circle because if you're not getting game time, you're not going to get your confidence back. But then, if you're not confident, you're not going to get the game time. Uh, so, yeah, potentially a uh, a long move could be could be good for him if he can go out for half a season, rediscover that spark, and then come back and 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 prove himself to to Warnock. Then, yeah, potentially that could be more
1: beneficial. Yeah, Dana, to, could Warnock work his magic on Coulson? Or are you certain that? It's time. thanks for the memories here and it's time to go.
0: <laughs> well, I did say that in the group chat yesterday, didn't I? No, I, I mean, he's been at this club for a while now. I remember when I talked, Ranka brought him to Marbella and then he had to go home because he had he, he picked up an injury. But it is probably, again, similar to Ainsley Pears, where he just wants a fresh challenge and I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave because of that. And yeah, he just he just hasn't kicked on from, from last season, which is such a shame because he does have you know, great potential and some pretty good attributes that if worked on, he could be a good player for us. But when you're not really getting in a team that has pretty much no left hand side, we've only got Bowler and, and Johnson, then, you know, it's it's not great. However, having said that, Bowler and Johnson have been good this season, so it's hard to dislodge them. But the fact that he's not getting much of a look in probably says that, um his, his days at Borough aren't, are numbered in my opinion. Whether Warnock can work as Magic, I'm not sure. I, I feel like time's running out for for him Colson at Borough.
1: It, I think it doesn't help with the amount of, the, the great form that Johnson and Baller have been in as well. They've made themselves indispensable where it makes things really difficult for Colson to try and get back in. I think probably likewise with Patrick Roberts as well, we've seen Tav been excellent this year where he's completely and utterly dislodged Patrick Roberts and you could see sa Roberts just He's just fading in and out the game. You just, you could just see that. He lacked so much game time. I think you can see the difference, really, with players who are playing regularly. Some players aren't playing at all. Um, but we know like, how good a long move can do for so many players. I like think Marcus Brown's a fine example. And we're caught with him now. Yes, yesterday, obviously, he had a, a dislocated kneecap, um, which forced him off. And it just looks to be a, a, a few weeks' job. I mean, we don't really know the ins and outs of it, so it could be really bad. Or it could be one of those things where you see him back in about six weeks. But. It, it looked so good against Wickham and he did so much to come back. Um, how much of a blow, time do you think it is to lose Marcus Brown now? Because he, he looked like a player that we really needed going forward as well.
2: Um, I wouldn't say it's a, a massive blow just because we've done without him for most of the season. Uh, hmm. But then, of course, it's... We were only talking last week about what does he need. We want to see him be more consistent. We want to see him in the in the squad more. And then something like this has happened. Um, obviously, we will. The squad will have to make do as, as as best it can. It did look like he, he was going to pretty much be uh, a new sign, for us in in January and going forward to to fill one of those positions. And it's it's, it's disappointing um, that he he won't be playing for. However long it'll it'll end up being, um, but yeah, it's, it's just we'll have to kind of make do again without him.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to, and and then uh, with Brown's injury now, do you think it's more important than ever that Borough dip into the transfer market to, to try to try and get me because Neil Warnock has already said numerous times this season that he needs more wide players. An injury to a probably a potential of a wide player in, in Marcus Brown So... <laughs> Is it time to dip into the market or what, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was time 10 days ago to dip into the market, to be fair. I think we needed a wide play as soon as it turned January the 1st, but it probably makes it even more important if he's out for a while. I mean, if it is just a dislocated kneecap, I know I say just, it's still a, a gruesome injury, but it's better than um, if he's done you know, his crucial shot or something like that. It looked really bad and I, I cringed, I winced, like my knee just felt, so bad, like when I saw it, because it just his his leg froze into the turf, didn't it? And yeah, you could tell it was it was pretty serious. But um, we'll see, obviously, um, how long he's going to be out for it—weeks, months, whatever you know. He's going he's going to be out for um, an amount of time, a considerable amount of time. So yeah, we do we do need another winger. But to be fair, we needed one anyway. This just makes it even more important that we bring one in. It's
1: a horrible one, dislocated kneecap. cap. Absolutely horrible. Like I remember before where it just pops out a little bit, and you've got like try and knock it in, but sometimes it keeps coming back out. That's when it gets horrible. So I hope it's like not like that because he could be really bad. Um, but as a from personal experience, but it just uh, yeah. I so hope he gets full well soon, and we hope he gets back on the pitch very shortly because I feel like he was a player that was coming back, and he was going to be exciting to watch. And I was, I said on the the, the BBC T's fan panel that it was. On the turn, he's frightening, and we only need a bit of consistency. And hey, we're off to the races with Marcus Brown, but hopefully the the club like keep him tight knit, and he has a good mindset to try and get back. And I think the mental side of things is going to be brutal for him because he's just worked so hard to get back, and then to have another injury, I feel like the, the mental side of things is going to be really difficult for him. But I think he's going to have the support network there to to come back stronger than ever. But We'll speak our transfers now then, Dana, because we did make one transfer this week and it was a player that you were absolutely thrilled in our group chat um, with with Jordan Archer coming in to be a sub-goalkeeper for Marcus (laughs) Bernelli uh, because Dijon Sdjanovic has went back out to to St. Pauli. So, um, happy with Jordan Archer, even though he's prone to a few mistakes, Dana?
0: I can't say I'm happy. I mean, I'm not... He didn't pull a blunder yesterday in fairness to him but um <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those he was on trial with us last season I think under Woodgate and I remember when I heard that I was like oh my god no don't 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 and then obviously we brought him in I'm not mad I'm not like completely mad about it because he is going to be a sub goalkeeper and back up to Marcus Bertinelli but yeah the last time he, he was in the championship I would stake a claim and say he was probably the worst goalkeeper of the championship and that is some feat considering that Robin Reuter was also in the division at that time. (laughs) Um yeah, I'm I'm not gonna mourn too much because like I said he is a a sub goalkeeper, but I'm not gonna lie I wasn't I wasn't you know dancing on the rooftop when I saw that we that we'd signed, but I'm gonna give him a chance. You know, yesterday he wasn't terrible. He um I can't remember any, you know, main, major. At right.
1: distribution, thing. didn't he?
0: Yeah, he was. It was pretty good. You know, he was. He was very vocal, and I think, you know, there there wasn't a a point at which I was like, you know, you know, sharp intake of breath. So, a good start, and hopefully, he's not had a lot of game time, which is what worries me a little bit as well. He had a spell at Fulham, where I don't think he played. He had a spell at Oxford, where he played a handful of games, and I think he played maybe twice, two or three times for Motherwell uh, earlier this season. I think yeah. so. He's not had too many games, but hopefully, when called upon, he could be a, a, a decent keeper for us. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, we had to get someone in as well, Tom, uh, because Dejan Stjanovic has went to Saint Pauli um, in in Germany, and you know he's obviously we got we got from Saint Gallen, uh, not Saint Pauli, the first time where well, much just to do it there, but warnock um, has been quite vocal with Dejan Stjanovic over the last few weeks, and he's been saying that they're trying to get him home to see his family. Um, appreciate his family's based in in, in Austria so it's a, it's a case of do you think it was just more of a case of trying to get him back closer to home in a way you know because of his, it might be a little bit homesick especially with like the pandemic and stuff like that and the Euros coming up.
2: I think it could potentially be that uh, mixed with, with another thing which I'll go on to but I know before Christmas Warnock was saying he, he was gutted for him that they couldn't get him on to see his family over Christmas that might have had you know some sort of uh, mental effect on him, like obviously anyone would be gutted in that situation. Um, but also the article that came out this week from think the, the Gazette when Warnock was saying, uh, Stajanovic said he, he wanted to to really try and push on and get into the Austria squad for the Euros. And this is probably one of the better ways he has of doing that and getting some regular football. Mm. Which, to be fair, with we, with Bettenelli as our number one keeper, he wasn't going to get here, so that's that's fair enough, really.
1: Yeah, what was the other point you were going to come on to? That was it. Yeah. Oh, was it? I thought you were going to go <laughs> to a different point. You, you rolled, into two, you rolled two, two points into one now. I was just like, is he, is he going to come on to something else here? Because I was like, have I, have I missed something there? Um, but yeah, it, it does make sense for him to, uh, to, to come on, to, to make the move. And if he wants to get into Euros, the Euros, the Euros squad, then then that's great for him. Um, I think it's a good move all around, to be honest. It gives him time closer to home. Euros... Um, we're also in a pandemic as well, so it, it just makes fundamental sense for him to have that time. And that. We we wish him well, but there's another player that's been linked away. Um, Tom, you are a man of the forums. Uh, you were obviously on this week, and we noticed that Britta Sombolonga could be on his way. Um, Rumours are is set to leave the window to Bournemouth for a fee of 2.5 to 3.5 million. Would you be surprised to see him go? Do you think it's the right move all around?
2: Um, well, like you say... Monitoring the forums, I think the the talk was this week on on one borough that uh, he'd already kind of given notice that he didn't want to stay past the end of the season. So, if that is the case, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. He's out of contract at the end of the season, and we'd rather let him leave for a fee than let him leave for nothing. I'd be a bit disappointed if he left. Um, I've I've kind of backed him on the on the podcasts uh, numerous times in the past where. I said I'd, I'd rather we had a striker like Brit who was in a in the position to miss some of the chances uh, that he does miss. You know, I, I think um looking back over some of the strikers we've had in the past, it's like who would you rather have up front? Would you rather have Britt or Marvin Emnes or Chris Boyd or someone like that? That's like I, I think it's an easy answer. Um but if if he is wanting to leave and this is the only way we're going to get a fee from it then,
1: yeah it is the the right move unfortunately yeah and it, we are set to make an incredible loss on on the player as well if if, if the fee obviously believe 2.5 to 3.5 million we we've, we've lost quite a lot of money there obviously the the i think it was 16 million pound fee we paid for him plus the wages as well and the weren't the weren't been cheap um and he, he is the player that is top scorer of the riverside but also and this century for Borough as well. So Dana, you're a big fan of Brit, so you're a little bit disappointed to potentially see him go. Or do you think we well? Well, if he does go, Borough have to move very quickly to get on a striker, in don't they?
0: They do. Yeah, I'm a little bit a little bit disappointed, but I feel like this has always been coming. To be honest, um, you know, if you buy a player for as much as we have with Brit, and we don't go up, you know, this is what the fourth season I think um, in, the, in the championship after relegation so there is a point where I think you do have to move the big earners on and I mean 2.5 million is, is a huge loss and on the surface would be really bad business but you you know you're getting a player off the books that you know does have a hefty wage so you know you could potentially factor that in but yeah it, it, if he doesn't want to stay here then there's no point in carrying a player that, that you know hasn't signaled his his commitment to the team for the foreseeable future and the fact that we've we've gone into January now and, and he hasn't signed a new contract probably says a lot um a little bit worried about Fletcher as well because he's out of a uh, contract in the summer but yeah um Brit leaving it, it opens the door for another striker to come in we probably did need one similar to you know a winger we did need one anyway and um if this news is true it just yeah it, it makes that a uh a bigger bigger priority than it was. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the, the guys on on Womber, some of the guys on Womborough are, are, are very reliable. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out.
1: Yeah, we, we will. It'd be it'd be I think it be a shame seeing Goldboys go, but it's, again like it was good for all parties, get his wages off the books and then also he's happier at a different club. It, it all makes sense really, but I think the big thing that I'm a bit upset about is the fee. Uh, or the, the the suspected fee that we could potentially get, um, it's it's such a big loss, and it's like bad business again. Um, how many times does this club have to make losses until <laughs> they start making profits on players? You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's it's a difficult one, but it is what it is. If we were going to uh, get another striker, is a couple of names that I've been pulling um out of my hat. Uh, I've, I've been looking at some League 1 players and League 2 players uh, over like the last week and Luke Jeffcott at Plymouth the Welsh uh, under 21, uh, he's a second top scorer in League 1 this year at Plymouth, he's a, a very very good exciting talent, there's a few clubs watching him as well um, so you never know could potentially be a, uh, the tug of war for his signature in the over the next couple of weeks but then also um, Paul Mullen at Cambridge as well he's like 24 year old um, in in league two he's up there as well. So there's two players I would probably look at. But if we can't get him or we do not want to get him, we've got someone else better then then perfect. But it was uh, it was weird seeing Charlie Austin move to, to QPR <laughs> yeah. um over like the last over like the last day or so. And obviously the QPR fans absolutely love him, so I think it was an easy decision for him, but you know, He would have been a nice uh, a nice change from, from Britt if we were to, to go for another striker. But let's move on. Let's chat about Birmingham City and Eitor Cranker's side have found it quite difficult this year. Um, I'm sure we're all aware that we found things quite difficult in Eitor initially, but then this things started to get a lot better, but they might be doing a similar thing. But I'll pass the mic over used to you too and let's break down Birmingham City.
0: Yeah, I think Tom's got some on their form. Aflare. Yeah,
2: so obviously they've not had too much form since, uh, since playing us. Um, the the game afterwards, they drew 0-0 with Nottingham Forest. On one hand, you could maybe say that they've managed to shore things up at the back for that one. On the other hand, Forest have been terrible this season, so you would be wondering yeah. why they haven't won that. Um, but then they lost 4-0 at home to Wayne Rooney's Derby County, as Sky Sports like to call them on the 29th. <laughs> Uh, lost two Hill at home to Tony Mowbray's Bla- Blackburn Rovers on the second <laughs> um, and they're, they're playing away to Man City in the cup at half-home today so after all that form it's probably inevitable that we'll probably get some out
1: because
2: the- <laughs> yes. we all i not the way
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely like, I mean it's interesting that we're playing them um, so soon after playing them the first time I, I want to know um, obviously, there's there's somewhat short turnaround whether Karanka would have learned a lot from that game, and I mean the fans are a pretty. I want to say split on Karanka. I've seen a few that say that you know his, his tactics and his substitutions are baffling. He waits too long to to bring somebody on. Um, he plays Clayton. They they are not taking well to Clayton at the moment, and I'm not surprised because I mean when we when we got rid of Clayton, we all probably agreed that um, his legs had gone. Similar to Friend, actually, but Friend's fortunes at at Birmingham are are far rosier than Clayton's. And actually, Friend's probably one one of their most important defenders, if not the most important. But yeah, they're they're sitting 18th um, in the table at the moment. Um, Five wins, eight draws and 10 defeats. And they're one of the lowest scorers of the championship with 17, um, which is, I mean, with Karanka, the, the main... Part of his game is defense and and making sure that they do shore up defensively, but on you know on that hand they've conceded twenty nine goals which is is not great probably I think one of the worst um, defenses in the championship as well so um, they're just not they're not doing too great at Birmingham and um, epitomised by the the game that we played against them four one and then I think they, the 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 next game they played after that. Was against Derby, wasn't it? Yeah, you mentioned that Tom four 0 I watched a little bit of that game, and, and Neil Etheridge dropped a clangor a, again, and they just looked all at sea defensively. They do not look good at all, and and confidence will be down given the, the recent performances. And yeah, it that means that Birmingham are going to win, doesn't it? So we'll, we may as well put the get the predictions in now.
1: Yeah, I think with 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 IR, it's uh, it's been difficult for nothing because. Defensively, I think he's only really brought George Friend in, hasn't he? And the rest are, are still the same defence that they had last year. Mm. Um, so it's hard for him to probably improve that in a way. Um, but then again, he did it at Middlesbrough, you know what I mean? He made Ben Gibson and Danny Ayala the best defensive partnership in the championship. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it works it works both ways, but it can be a, a quite a difficult game for Borough because I feel like I told definitely want to try and get a statement. Um, at the Riverside, but also they did beat Reading away from home prior to, to playing Middlesbrough in, yeah. in, in, in home fixture. So let's do our score predictions then, guys. Do you think Borough are going to beat 8 Crank as Birmingham City or do you think uh, Borough are going to get beat or win Or What do you think? Um, I, want, I want your score predictions. I'll go with you, Dana, first we'll go.
0: Yeah, um, well, i was just looking there. They're away for. They've only actually lost two games um, on the road this season, so you know their fortunes are much better um, on the road. Um, you know we're fifth in in the home form table, so I'm quite interested in this one. I'm interested from a perspective of you know what will they do after um, we beat them four one? Is it going to be a completely different game. I'm to be honest, I'm expecting it to be. I'm expecting it to be a completely different um contest. So for me, I think I'm gonna go with a tight game, but I think a one-nil to to One
1: 0 Bora from Dana. Uh Tom, what do you think?
2: I think I'm gonna go two nil. I think uh like like Dana said, it, it's gonna be a, a different game. I'm expecting them to be a lot more solid, especially based on that that away form. I don't know if they're just kinda of set up differently away from home or a different mentality but uh, I still think we'll probably be too strong for them Touchwood. Uh so yeah I'm, I'm going to 2-0 Borough
1: 2-0 Borough for Tom 1-0 win for For then, I was going to go 2-0 as well Tom so we'll, we'll go together on that one um, I do think Borough will have a, a bit much to, I think they'll have too much to, to see off I.R. Cranker's side but I don't think it's the end of the world for Birmingham or their team I still think they'll come good o- over a longer period of time but I just don't think i has got it right yet. And I think that's that's pretty much it. But hopefully, he doesn't get it right on, on Saturday. Um, but that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. And thank you for the listener. For listening to us ramble on all the last 30, 40 minutes, I uh, really do appreciate everything that you do and obviously engaging with us as well. But that's it. Middlesbrough crash out of the FA Cup third round for the fourth time in a row. Um, and the Wembley dreams are in shatters for the FA Cup but for the league they still live on with Borough's form continues in the league we might be on our way to Wembley way once again uh, well this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast and that was all your match day chatter in a pod up the Borough Breakdown